You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Friends, let us turn our attention once more to the scriptures, turning to John's gospel, the first chapter. Jesus is on the road. He's calling his first crop of disciples. And then here in the 43rd verse, he moves on down the road a little further to call the next. So let us continue listening now for a word from God as we hear these verses from John chapter 1. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Now, Nathanael said to Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael asked Jesus, where did you get to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these, Nathanael. And Jesus said to him, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's sermon is titled, An Ordinary Tree. Will you pray with me? Let us pray. Good and gracious God, send your spirit that it would dwell near to us in this time. Indeed, O God, nurture that flame within, that through the work of your spirit, the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts gathered together here in your sight would be pleasing and glorifying to you. For you and you alone, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, much has been made over the years about the fig tree in these verses. Some scholars have looked back and determined that many of the ancient rabbis would sometimes uh, teach or study underneath a fig tree. And so they surmise that perhaps the fig tree's presence in these verses is meant to indicate that Nathaniel is a rabbi himself. 
Others have looked to prophets like Jeremiah, who often employed the metaphor of a fig tree as being an image for the tree of knowledge and paradise. So maybe in that notion, Nathaniel here is confessing his sins underneath the fig tree. And Jesus has come to offer him forgiveness. Now, Jesus himself has an interesting relationship with fig trees in the Gospels. In Luke's Gospel, there's the parable of the fig tree. Elsewhere, there's the vexing and perplexing story that no one has ever, at least for me, quite been able to adequately explain where Jesus curses an otherwise perfectly healthy fig tree. Lots of people have spent lots of time wondering about this fig tree. What is it meant to represent? Today, I want to offer my own explanation. I want to invite us, perhaps better put, into perhaps thinking about the fig tree a little differently. What I want to invite us to is to consider the possibility, right? What if? What if the fig tree in these verses is just an ordinary tree? What if the fig tree in these verses is just another tree that happens to be around the corner from where Nathaniel lives, maybe from his workplace? What if this is just the tree that Nathaniel often stopped by on every day? Right, a tree that he would sit underneath to get some shade from the hot sun to take a load off his feet? What if this is a tree that Nathaniel loved to sit under on those days when it was in bloom because he got a free snack from it? What if the tree in these verses is just an ordinary tree? Aaron and I, we used to live uh, next to a Methodist retreat center in southeast Georgia. And we loved to go uh, in the evening, especially in the summertime, it was so hot during the day, cool down a little, and you got this breeze because this retreat center was right on the river. So you get this breeze in the evening. Sometimes we go over there on Saturday mornings as well. But we loved to go over because there was this one tree, this massive magnolia tree. It was right there uh, in the uh, middle of this lush green lawn. If you all have ever lived somewhere sandy, you know that lush green lawns are a real... Uh, Luxury, I guess, right? Our lawn there, it was just weeds and people basically said, just be happy with it. That's as good as it's going to get. So we love to walk down to this tree with our boys. And they play under it. They'd ride their bikes around it. They chase the dog. Sometimes we'd take a blanket and we lay it out under that tree and have a little picnic or bring our dessert. It's just an ordinary tree under which our ordinary lives would, from time to time, play out. What if this is just an ordinary tree in Nathaniel's life, under which his otherwise ordinary life played out from day to day to day? Because if it is, then it might reframe entirely that wonderful question that's right in the middle of these verses, literally right in the middle of them. There's this great interplay here uh, of who finds who. You might have uh, heard at the very beginning, Jesus comes into Bethsaida and he finds Philip. And then the verses tell us that Philip finds Nathaniel. 
But when Philip finds Nathanael, what does he say? He says, we found Jesus. But that's not really true, is it? Because who found Philip? Jesus found Philip. And then later on, Nathanael, he uh, sees uh, Jesus coming, and he asks this great question, where did you get to know me? And Jesus says, Nathanael, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called. Everyone in this story thinks that they're the ones finding Jesus, but it's actually the other way around. Jesus finds each person in this story. Jesus sees Nathanael before he sees him. Jesus, where did you get to know me? I saw you, Nathanael, under the fig tree before Philip called you. I saw you, Nathanael, in other words, in the course of your ordinary life before Philip called you. I saw you, Nathaniel, on that day when you were just a, a boy. Do you remember that day? When you climbed up way high in the branches of that fig tree, so high that you could barely hear your mom's voice anymore calling, don't go any higher, you're going to fall down. Do you remember what happened, Nathaniel? Bum, 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 all the way to the ground. Where did you get to know me? I saw you, Nathaniel, before Philip called. I saw you on that day when those tears welled up in your eyes and you asked a question that you would ask many more times in your life. Why didn't I listen? Jesus, where'd you get to know me? Well, Nathaniel, I saw you under that tree before Philip called you. I saw you on that day when all the other kids were being so mean. When not a single child will let you join in in the game. And you asked yourself that question, which sadly you would ask yourself many more times again. Why are people like this? Jesus, where, where did you get to know me? Well, Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. I saw you on that day when the taillights on your parents' car disappeared around the curb after dropping you off at college. You remember that, Nathaniel? You put on such a brave face. But I saw you in that moment when all that bravery melted away for a second. And you wondered to yourself, can I really do this? Jesus, where did you get to know me? Where did you get to know me? Nathaniel, I saw you. I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. I saw you every one of those Sundays when you came to church and you sat out there in the pews and the preacher drolled on and on and on and you asked yourself, what in the world am I doing here? I saw you, Nathaniel, on that day when your toes curled over the edge of the grave and you looked down upon that life that had meant so much to yourself. And you asked yourself, you asked yourself, is any of this actually real? Where did you get to know me, Jesus? I got to know you under the fig tree, that ordinary tree where you lived your ordinary life. You know, I've always been fascinated with um, dramatic call stories. 
in part because they're so different than my own. My own call story is this very gradual one, almost imperceptible until you look back over many years. But I've always been sort of jealous even of folks who have these dramatic call stories, these moments in their life when they can pinpoint the time and the place even where they had absolute conviction about where God was calling them. I mean, this is perhaps one of the most dramatic call stories in all of the scriptures. I mean, Jesus face to face with Nathaniel, calling him to follow, to be a disciple. And Nathaniel has this absolutely wonderful response, this remarkable affirmation of faith. Rabbi, he says, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. This is the first time in John's gospel that someone other than John himself names Jesus as being the son of God. What an incredible response to this call. I mean, Nathaniel hits the bullseye. Jesus calls him, Jesus, you are the son of God. But you know what I wrestle with the most here? I wrestle with Jesus's response. Jesus responds with an almost snarky question. He doesn't seem satisfied with what Nathaniel has just said. Nathaniel has just poured his heart out in front of God. And Jesus comes back with this question. Do you believe, Nathaniel, just because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? I mean, that had to have kind of knocked Nathaniel. <laughs> I practiced that. Literally, that must have knocked Nathaniel back on his heels. Jesus, here I am. You are the son of God. And Jesus asks him, do you believe just because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? He doesn't even give Nathaniel a chance to reply. I really wish Jesus would have let Nathaniel reply. I wish Jesus would have turned to him and asked, how do you know that I am the son of God? How do we know that Jesus is the son of God? Would we say, Jesus, we know that you are the son of God. We know that you see us and call us from underneath those ordinary trees because that day when we fell out of the tree, there were arms there to sweep us up and embrace us. The arms of a parent, a teacher, of a passerby. How do you know that I'm the son of God? Jesus, we know that you are the son of God because on that day when someone treated us unfairly, when someone treated someone we loved unjustly, there was someone else who stood up, who cried out, who maybe even marched for us. How do you know that I am the son of God? Jesus, we know you're the son of God because every night when we lay our heads down on our pillow and we listen to our children tell us these wacky, bizarre, wonderful stories at bedtime, and our hearts swell with something that 
something that no algorithm, no rationale, no scientific theorem can fully explain something like love. We know in that moment that you are the son of God. Jesus, we know you are the son of God because in our worst moment, what we discovered was that we were not alone. We know that you are the son of God, Jesus, because when we stood at the grave, someone else stood with us. And they told us a story about a group of women long ago who found something, who found a stone pushed back and a tomb empty. How do we know that Jesus is the son of God. Boy, I would have loved to hear Nathaniel's answer. You know, there is one other image that fig trees are sometimes equated with in the scriptures. The prophets, especially Micah, love to invoke this particular image. Micah at different points talks about the fig tree as being a metaphor for God's expected kingdom, for God's coming kingdom. And I was amazed this week. I was reading uh, MLK's 1964 speech in Oslo, Norway, as he accepted the Nobel Prize for Peace. I was surprised because you know what image he invokes in that speech? A fig tree. He pulls forth this language from Micah and the other prophets. He talks in a section about how he refuses to believe that hatred and cynicism and violence will ultimately have the final say. How instead he chooses to believe That one day, lion and lamb will lie down together. One day, every man shall sit, he says, under their own vine, and can you guess? Fig tree. And none shall fear. You know, friends, if we believe in a God who finds us underneath those ordinary trees of our ordinary lives, be they fig or magnolia or any other variety. If we believe in a God who finds us under the tree, then and only then can we answer the call. Can we follow the example of Nathaniel and all the prophets who followed to get up and to join Christ in working for that day when as the prophets have told us, lion and lamb will lie down together. And every man, woman, and child shall sit under their own vine and their own fig tree, and none shall fear. We can only answer that call if we can first believe that the one who calls us first finds us finds us right where we are and invites us to take a step with him.
on that path that will lead us to the coming kingdom, to that promised day when the one who has come and the one who is with us now, that promised day when he will come again. Friends, may we answer that call. May we take that first step and follow Christ. Follow Christ from one fig tree to the next until the day comes when each of us sit under our own vine and our own tree and fear no more. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may it be so. Amen.